0: All right folks, welcome into the latest Mountain West Wire football podcast. mwr.com is where you can find what do we get there Matt? just the uh, Mountain West stuff I'm assuming is that our deal. What we do here?
1: <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots of Mountain West stuff. Yes.
0: If you're new that's a lame joke I tried to make. Also, I should put a we should put a timestamp on this because it is currently we are in June. It is June 7th and we are starting our team by team 2023 Mountain West football team previews. So, we say the date because Rams fans may find this on August 4th on July 19th. They may find it July, June 9th. However, it could be out of, out of date just because for long time listeners, we don't want a Donald Hammond situation, which uh, was not a good luck. So Troy Horton, Clay Millen, stay in school. Don't have any issues. We want everything to keep going so we don't have to read. Hey, yeah. But we mentioned the date because. Things obviously change. People find these later on throughout the year. These are team previews, week one, or excuse me, team one of twelve. We will do one a week. Um, release date. Um, we are recording Wednesday. We normally release these Sunday, so expect one a week. We'll probably we're just trying to get our schedule nailed down right now. So we just chose, hey, why not do it Wednesday? So our plan will part June seventh. So our plan will be once a week. We'll see what day, but uh, just check our feed, Spotify. Apple Podcast, wherever you get your podcast, all that type of stuff. Where people sell the time. However, you're listening to this, keep subscribing. That same way, that's the best way to put it, Matt. So, like naming every service out there. Yeah. So, introduce what team were we doing today? Who our fan vote on MWC or Twitter? Matt selected Colorado State. Oh, the rails! Out of four teams, we voted. So we'll also have a Twitter vote every week, or every couple of days, or some level of consistency to figure it out, but that was our vote. Do you i to put you on the spot because I don't have it in front of me either. What were the other four teams? I know Hawaii was one of them.
1: Uh Hawaii, New Mexico, and Nevada.
0: Okay. And these are just this was your order, so people can blame you. However, <laughs> this was just I assume just, just a random order. Was that yeah the way I just you sort words? of
1: picked you know four teams that I figure I, I actually didn't have much reasoning behind it. I, what I can tell you as well is the next time we do uh, one of these Twitter polls at MWC wire, it'll be four new teams.
0: Oh, so we're not going to go the splits zone do where they keep teams that's, in there. And keep going. Yeah, that's how, that's how I've always done it.
1: we put that's new good. teams in every single time.
0: I do appreciate, I'm going to sound like a uh, Rams fans like me. So I'll suck up to you guys, which is, this is totally true. You're not just sucking up. I'm glad the Rams got this week out of these teams because I am most excited about CSU. My record may not say it, Matt, but I have a, uh, who doesn't want to see Toy Horton light it up again and Clay Millen take the next step? We'll get, I'm not going to go too deep into this type of stuff, but for the teams that have the most potential to have a increase or a better season, I think the Rams are near the top of the conference.
1: I think you're probably right. Like, if you're looking for the team that might make a jump from, from like three wins to eight wins, is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, something like that. Like, I think they'll improve because Jay Norvell, because remember when he was with um, Nevada the first time around, he had, Oh, geez. It took them a couple of years to find Cody Fajardo to be a good quarterback. Yeah, they were three and nine in
1: the first year at Nevada as well.
0: Yeah, they weren't great. It took a minute before they've got Cody Fajardo for a couple of years. Carson Strong obviously came in. Um, so they had a good run there. But what, what, what do you remember from 2022 for the Rams, kind of as we before we springboarded in 23? Besides not getting that many wins.
1: I remember being relatively bullish on the strategy that Norvell had employed. To put his first roster together in four Collins. You know, they christened it Fort Air Raid. You know, they brought in a lot of talent from Reno to Colorado State. Um, you know, and, and really hit the transport portal a lot harder than a lot of other teams in the Mountain West. And so I think I had an expectation, especially coming off of sort of a, a disastrous end to the Steve Dazio era, that the odds of a bounce back were pretty strong if not necessarily like a like a, a true cinch, you might say. And that wasn't really what we got from the Rams last season. It wasn't the year that I think a lot of people, a lot of fans in the city expected, certainly not what I expected. You know, you look at their non-conference play in particular, and you recognize that they had maybe one good quarter while going 0-4 in, in September. Um, but you know, despite finishing three and nine, despite finishing 126th in overall SP plus, you know, 117th in net points per drive and all that, you know, if you look a little closer, you do see that they found ways to pivot last year as a team and they found ways to improve, even if the win-loss record didn't always show it. You know, one of the things that, that really jumps out when you look back at how last year unfolded um. The offense really struggled some, despite some standout individual performances. Like they scored, I believe, uh no more than 19 points in a game last year. But yeah, at struggled. the same time, yeah. mm-hmm. but I was gonna say, but at the same time, you know, the defense improved in ways that weren't always apparent if you weren't paying attention. You know, they ended up, you know, at 501 score games. They were two and two altogether. So yeah, it wasn't the year that they wanted, but I do think, you know, you mentioned Tori Horton, you mentioned Clay Millen, you know, those two are just, you know, uh, among a number of reasons why I think it's fair for CSU fans to remain optimistic, to remain bullish. And for my part, even if, um, even if I'm not necessarily forecasting a, a big jump ahead, Next this year, it's not to say that that isn't well within the realm of possibility. I think it's fair to to say that you know to to buy stock in this roster in this program.
0: Yeah, looking one, I'll give you a pop quiz here. Maybe you know this, you're not looking at it. So the Rams offense, despite having Tory Horton, like one of the best, he's a preseason All American for a Athlon at the moment, or no, is and possibly others. Do you know they scored? Do you want to know what team only scored? I'm like, if I'm looking at this properly here. Hold on, right team here. So there's only one for the whole season. There is they where where were they ranking in score, total points? Do you have any any clue within a conference? Not off the top of my head. Where do you think they're better than Wyoming's scoring offense?
1: I mean, what I can tell you is they were 128th <laughs> in points per drive. That's what I was. So looking
0: they're like so, Okay, so that you you're on the right track. So. They scored 158 points all last year. New Mexico, the worst team in the conference, was one point behind them, 157. <laughs> and we look at the Rams last year. That's why I think the big jump is there. But they had so many blowouts. They got blown up by Michigan, which, whatever, playoff team, they're quite good, obviously. Kinda hung. Double digit loss to Middle Tennessee State. Double digit loss to Washington State. Sacramento State got their butt kicked. Boise State they got their butt kicked. Double digit loss to San Jose State and Air Force. They, they were not close in games. They and then they had the um one big one over in Mexico 17. 0 They had they were not good in certain lot of areas. Like the defense clearly given up 51, 34, or 41 points last year, 49. They have to, if they come in, like I mentioned before, like the 10% thing. If they get 10% better in certain areas, this could lead to a couple more wins. But just mm-hmm. based off last year, remember. Even though Torrey Horton wasn't he one of the league leaders in yards per catch, the offensive line was a lot of quick passes. So it it is amazing how well Torrey I know a lot of them were short, not necessarily all deep bombs like Romeo Dobbs we saw with Nevada a couple of years ago, those 50 plus yarders. Mm-hmm. Torrey he wasn't chucking it deep all the time to Torrey Horton. But imagine, and maybe we'll start to get the quarterback stuff here. Imagine if he gets more time to throw the ball. If he, he's more comfortable, because he completed the pass, the playbook they gave to him from Jane Ravel. He completed, was a freshman record, I believe it was? Not FBS record of some sort. That's percent So imagine if he actually has time and can see the field instead of, shoot, I got to do this dump-off pass or quick screen or do a, a slant across the middle to a tight end or something, a quick short pass. That, I think, is where there could be the big growth. And Clay Millen, I'm going to make some bold predictions throughout. I didn't ask you to do this, but we can. And we kind of made some predictions last year or last week or last show, whatever that was. <laughs> I honestly, I think there's an outside chance. I got two bold predictions here. One for Clay Millen. I think there's a legit chance if things go well, like perfectly, I'm saying, he could be like a second-team all-conference quarterback. I think he has that potential. I don't know if he'll get it because win-loss record matters and scoring points matters, but I think his talent could be right, close to on par with guys like um, with Green from Boise State and uh, Shavon Cordero, those type of guys. I think he's in that same neighborhood. And I think there's a chance with Tory Horton helping him out a lot, he can maybe be that number two QB in the conference. Maybe,
1: maybe, yeah. I mean, it's sort of it's an interesting idea because you know what you saw last year was a young quarterback who definitely took a beating. You know, he absorbed 54 sacks, which you know I, I always prefer to look at rate stats, and so you know you see that the Rams had a team sack rate allowed of 15.7%, which was, as you might expect, uh dead last in the country, um, and not particularly close to anybody else. Um, but yeah, at the same time, you know, you saw him flash potential anyway. You know, you mentioned him setting the record for you know completion rate by a freshman quarterback. You know, according to Pro Football Focus, Yeah, I believe he was second overall among FBS quarterbacks with an 82.4% adjusted completion rate as well, which accounts for things, you know, like drops and and things along those lines. But I think more instructively, you know, you you also have to realize that he was also second best in the Mountain West last year, at least among qualifying quarterbacks, in yards per attempt, 8.2 altogether. And... You know you know to sort of dip back into PFF again real quick he was also eighth, you know overall with a seven point three percent big time throw percentage. so there was there was a question oh. that we got from uh, from one of our our followers at CSU Ramt if you know, he was saying you know if in December he's considered a top FBS QB make the case for why. and I think the main part of the case, is is can he get the time, can he get more opportunities to stretch the field more often? Because yeah, setting, setting a freshman record is, is impressive, but one of the things that really jumped out to me for, that was sort of a, a measure of his success, which you alluded to a few minutes ago, his average depth of target was 11th out of 13 qualifying quarterbacks in the Mountain West last year. So like 7.7 7 yards. Be <laughs> Yeah, well, I, better is sort of relative with a metric like that. I think, yeah. you know, if, if he can hold on to most of that yards per attempt average while also making more big-time throws, and again, you know, I believe he had, uh, and I'm looking this up as I talk, 33 plays of 20 or more yards through the air. That was fourth in the conference, and that was despite the fact that You know, you might think that he was, you know, having to handle a lot, and that wasn't really the case. Like, he only averaged 23 attempts per game last year. You know, he was basically neck and neck with Andrew Peasley. Let's put it that way. Um,
0: Oh, boy. That's not some category you want to be in. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, he
1: he wasn't shouldering a huge workload. And he was able to, you know, do the most with what was given to him. You know, he was making the smart decision more often than not, just checking it down, checking it down, because, you know, he didn't really have time behind the offensive line that was put in front of him. But when they gave him time, you know, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, Mm -hmm. but I think back to that third quarter of of the Middle Tennessee game, that is the quarterback that Rams fans are hoping to see more often this year.
0: I think, and the, the number of sacks, while well, you mentioned, go don't necessarily go to total, but it's also the most in FBS. So mm-hmm. there's that as well. So it's not good. So if, Yeah, if, there's if nowhere there was, to go if, but up. Yeah, I hope so. We don't want another uh, David Carr situation that's not good about the Texans in the early 2000s. But if they can, like the offensive line, we did our rankings, I'm looking at Athlon here, they put them basically dead last offensive line rankings. Somebody asked about transfers coming in, D2FCS, I'm like, I don't know. Sorry, guys. we're not. I don't know that much about who could be coming in because there's probably guys lingering in the portal. But this time of year, if you're getting guys in the portal, not in a team, probably weren't that great in the first place. No offense to people, but that's kind of what it is at this time of year if you haven't chosen a school yet. So the offensive line, like there's experience. Actually, there's not really. I think only Jacob G- Gardner of the center is the only real technical starter back. They do have some upperclassmen to our list as starters, but all brand new. So, maybe this could be a good thing where it's brand new people. They've been in the system a bit. Could They can't be worse, like you said. This is going to be the biggest, like an offense overall. They only bring back, I believe, four starters, two receivers, Horton, Justice Ross, Simmons, obviously um, Clay Millen, the Gardner, I just mentioned. Because running back situation will get to that's a sticky situation with a potential guys not available, maybe more there specifically. But maybe the new guys, they learned a lot. They, it's, maybe I'm more stretching and kind of being super positive, but. They didn't play last year for a reason, Matt. So, and these guys can so, be, like you said, that's the thing. Like, so at least. We,
1: so, we, so, before we talk, talk about like running backs and stuff like that, do we want to talk about the offensive line?
0: We're already kind of there. Might as well. Let's go to. Yeah, I was going to say, you
1: know, you know usually, it usually tends to come up a little later in the discussion, but I do think that, you know, the fortunes of that unit and Millen's fortunes are inextricably linked because, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to say team. that there's nowhere to go but up. But it's not necessarily a given, especially considering, like you mentioned, that there is so much turnover. You know, as far as the experience they have coming back, it, it really sort of depends on your definition. Um, because, you know, on the one hand, like Brian crespo Jaquez was the starter at left tackle before he suffered that season-ending injury um, in week one against Michigan, actually. Um, so, you know, they had to shuffle through three different players at left tackle, um, you know, they had four different centers start last year, uh, including Keegan Hamilton, who started for the last five games. He's back. Gardner's back. Crespo Jaquez is back. But it is you know, sort of that legion of, of new offensive linemen that they found from the portal, which yeah, are going it, to it's going to be sort of <sighs> messy isn't the right word for it. But there's a lot to prove there. Because they're bringing in so many new faces from the transfer portal, you know, Savion Henderson, um, who according to Colorado, and I believe it was Kelly Lytle, will put out a depth chart back in March, if I'm not mistaken. Probably left know, tackle, Coming right? in from, uh, yeah, had him slated at left tackle. You know, Oliver Jervis from Monmouth. You know, Drew Moss, Bobby Lawrence, more recently from Missouri. You know, regardless of who steps up and who clinches those starting jobs, you know, the, the sack rate, of course, is the big thing. But i think more broadly you know it's just a unit that needs to improve in a lot of different facets you know this was an offensive line that last year was also 110th in power success rate so they were not particularly successful in short guarded situations on the ground um you know only 61.6 excuse 61.1 percent of, of conversions for a first down or a touchdown and you know, a 21.6% stuff rate, which was 119th. So it's not just about protecting Millen. It's just about getting better, period.
0: Yeah, and they're going to have to be better, clearly, with who they have coming back. This unit, out of the whole team, because defense only returns about half I I honestly think this is the most... If they're going to have success and maybe flirt with the bowl game, this has to be the most improved unit on the team. Yes. Because... Millen, like we mentioned, he completed he could, he can complete a bunch of passes. He has a legit Blitnikoff, Rob wide receiver, and Torrey Horton here. He's that good. Which the Rams obviously I have Richard Higgins, uh, Michael Gallup. All these guys the past couple of years have been doing uh, extremely well. I don't know how they find these guys, but if they can give him time to throw the line, like cut his sacks down to forty. Okay, that's still three a game. That's a lot, but that's nineteen less than what you're getting last year. And that, that could make uh, the biggest difference. And we don't know how good Clay Millen could be if he has time to throw down the field. Like I mentioned, at a dot, their adri- average uh, depth of target could improve. His yards per attempt will definitely improve. Well, it, no, it should improve. You throw farther down the field. His percentage, I don't see there's no way he's going to keep 72% of his passes, keep him around 65, but he's more productive and more explosive. I'd take that. And the line has to protect him. And, yeah. I don't know. You bring trans- transfers in. They get no warmups. Washington state is game. Number one. Uh, game. Number two is um, who is it? Colorado uh, shoot, Colorado, which not great, but who knows they're going to be, but if power five team, even though they won what two games last year, there's no easing into the schedules. What I'm getting at the rival game, things like that for CU. Well, maybe the offensive line I don't care because it's not mm-hmm. really known about the rivalry, but they just got to be better. And, Give Clay Millen a touch more to run. Open a hole for running back, whoever that's going to be. But this is the area where three new starters at least are coming in. They're going to – yeah, it's going to be interesting. Did all – do you – you may not know this, point in spot. I don't know either. Did all these guys come in during spring practice or did they come after? Do you recall if I uh, participated? I
1: believe of the names that I've mentioned, the, the most recent addition was Bobby Lawrence. I believe everybody else was in for spring.
0: Well, that's helpful. The guys can come and actually practice. I, I knew some. Wasn't entirely sure how many. So, yeah, if they can get a little bit better, like seriously, a little bit better can go a long way for what talent they have for receiving and catching the ball and throwing the ball. Now, running yeah. back Matt, there's a situation where oh boy, it looks like is it going to be Kenward? Is it Kenward? Did I say his name? Kenward Edwards, the JUCO transfer.
1: Uh you know what? That's a good question because is, you mentioned David at-
0: Morrow. He's not around, and his right?
1: situation is kind of up in the air as we're recording this in early June.
0: And um, had a fel-
1: Edwards. Yeah. Had a felony arrest in January. Um, okay. had, was suspended for spring practice. So who knows? Um, obviously, you'll be able to check back on that You know, once fall camp rolls around, I'm sure. They'll have made a decision one way or any other. I think they may have brought in the answer from the transport portal, though, in Kobe Johnson.
0: Oh, Kobe Johnson
1: from Why North Dakota State. Mm, okay, you know national runners up last year. He was the team's leading rusher, nine hundred sixty-four yards, excuse me, nine hundred sixty-one yards, seven point four yards per carry, and nine touchdowns. And you know, I didn't know much about him before I was before I was doing the uh, the, the the unit rankings that that we did about a month ago. Now at this point, um, you know, depth rankings and all that. And I, I learned that you know he was a relatively recent addition to the transfer portal, so I don't believe he was in for spring practice. But you go find some of his highlights on on YouTube down from down the stretch last year. That guy can play.
0: <laughs> in North Dakota State, put guys in the NFL, quarterbacks, offensive linemen. They do they ain't guys out there. Into yeah, the had area. had over two
1: hundred yards in in, the, in a playoff win over Montana. Had three touchdowns and one hundred and thirty six yards and a win over Incarnate Word you know, set, I believe also set a school record with a 91-yard kickoff return, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, he's a guy who could do a little bit of everything. And, you know, you know, coming from a program like North Dakota State that he's he's used to playing and with sort of, like, championship-type expectations. And I do think that that's going to be an asset for a team that's learning how to win. I think he'll be able to go in and really set a tone. And, and then if Morrow isn't ready to see the field – he could be that guy who takes on, you know, 20 carries per game to sort of take the load off of, off of Millen in the same way that Morrow did last year.
0: You'll think they'll help a guy get 20 a game.
1: I think, I think if anybody does, the Johnson is likely to be the candidate to do so.
0: Okay. Edward, like I mentioned to him, he is a Juco guy. So experience is a big jump up. He's pretty explosive. So yeah, there's a couple yes. guys look at some numbers here. I see what. 580 yards in two games. That's pretty good. So, if they get multiple guys to do something well, clearly it's going to be helpful. And if Morrow can't come back, yeah. if he's suspe- suspension he's suspect Who thing knows his status?
1: In his career, Johnson has averaged across four seasons, he averaged 6.7 yards per carry. That's pretty good. Very good. That's absurd.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, whoever it's going to be, have depth. Okay. If more comes back, great. I don't expect him to come back, but Edwards, these other guys from North Dakota State, Jones, everything, it's gonna be. There's potential there. We just don't know. Yeah. They've had success other places. Can they take it to the next higher level to get up there? So it's a big question mark. So wide receiver group. Um what did we I'm trying to pull up our staff ranking knows Torrey Horton. How much better do you think he could be if Clay Millen actually in the offensive line get better? Like what is it, is it? Was I over the top saying he's Letnikov finalist and that's his potential, maybe even winner?
1: I mean, if things come together with like the sort of ninety or ninetieth or 99th percentile type type of outcome, no, I don't see why not.
0: Okay, all right. Just I mean, let's clear. put it this
1: way: like even just like down the stretch last year, in particular, four November games, thirty catches, five hundred and thirty yards, and seven, you know, and three touchdowns, seventeen. 0. 0.7 yards per catch.
0: Okay. He's very, like, honestly, he's like one of the, like, we, I meant right off the best guys they had. He's up there to be one of the best for having the uh-huh. QBs had. It, offense, not um, what's the right way to put it? Just be terrible almost at times. Not not productive. That's the way to put it. So yeah.
1: the, the trick is going to be building around him though.
0: Yeah. Dude, but they got they got Ross Simmons there. He's pretty good. Justice Ross Simmons. He had, what, I'm 40... excited to watch
1: Justice Ross Simmons this year.
0: Well, what makes you excited about him? What, what gets you going? Well, one, he's like, a, you know, physically
1: speaking, like there aren't a lot of receivers like him in the conference. Like he's what, 6'4"? What is he listed at? 6'3", excuse me, 6'3", 200 pounds. So he's a relatively big target, and he stepped into the starting lineup you know, after you know they had so many defections early last year, like after uh, you know Mel Stoball Stovall, and Dante Wright and Ty McCullough left the program, um, you know he stepped in, and though it took a while for him to really come into his own, like he too also had a really strong stretch run. You know, in in four November games, just to go back to that for a moment, fourteen catches, two hundred and thirty-seven yards, and a touchdown. As a and again, as a freshman, that'll play. I I think there may be some I think there may be some kind of learning curve like you don't want to thrust, you know, too high expectations on someone that's still relatively young. Um, But I think, you know, if there's a breakout candidate on this offense, uh, I think the 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 biggest name to keep an eye on is Ross Simmons. But I think, you know, if he's the most obvious candidate, then that's going to put a lot of pressure on the guys who you know, saw a lot of playing time last year without necessarily putting up a lot of numbers to, you know, sort of step up and be those, you know, tertiary pieces that can make the offense really dangerous. So, like, you know, if you think back to Norvell's days at Nevada, you know, you had Romeo Dubs, you had Elijah Cooks, you also had Justin Lockhart, for example, before he transferred to San Jose State. Exactly. And I think that Colorado State has those types of guys on hand. You know, they have, like, Lewis Brown, for example, only 12 catches last year, but he was their primary receiver out of the slot. So I would I would have to imagine that that you know role is is going to be more or less set. Um, you know, Mekhi Fox, also a sophomore, he's back. And they brought in Dallin Holker, the you know, BYU tight end, to uh, presumably replace Tanner Arkin, who transferred to Illinois. So they've yeah. got some interesting pieces, they have a lot of upside but i think you know the, the main hazard such as it is is that you know a lot of this group still skews very young and so it's i would say it's important to remember that not all progress not all growth is linear so there may be some growing pains which you know could cost the team a game or two you know this year even as they continue to grow into themselves
0: yeah, I do. I am surprised. Look at the, like these all conference things. I think Dallin Holker has a guy because he's one of the better tenants that before he left, it was mm-hmm. kind of shocking when we heard he transferred. And I was like, whoa, he's pretty good. And he just up and left. I think after a month, so I wouldn't be shocked. Like he's a guy where over the middle type stuff, which could stretch the field for uh, Horton or even Ross Simmons or somebody else, Lewis Brown perhaps. But he could like he should be in the running and should be considered. Like when we do our top fifty, I don't know if we'll make that. He could. I think a possibility. But I think he has potential to be an all-conference tight end in the league. And if they have another pass catcher, that's clearly going to make them one step better. And I think he has that potential to be maybe like one of the top three tight ends of the conference.
1: You know what? I forgot to mention Dylan Goffney as well, the recent uh, transfer pickup from SMU. Didn't see a ton of playing time over the last two years with the Mustangs. But last year in particular... 17 catches on 21 targets. Yeah. At twenty point eight yards per reception and two touchdowns. So he's probably someone worth keeping an eye on as well.
0: We should our staff put the Rams um offense of our wide receivers at number two overall, only behind Boise State. So that's uh there's a lot of upside there. There's a lot of upside. Anything that a any more on offense or do we to go to uh defense now?
1: I think we can uh, I think we can move to the other side of the ball.
0: So should we get the big question people had about where do we put the defensive line?
1: Yeah. And I I went back and I looked at our depth rankings and I, we had the defensive line fifth in particular. Yes. And I think a lot of that has to do perhaps obviously with Mohamed Kamara, who, you know, bar none is one of the best pass rushers in the conference, you know, according to PFF 35 hurries. 16 tackles for a loss, eight and a half sacks. He's a dominant force when he's on his game. But I think you know his, his sort of highlight reel really obscures the fact that as a group, they did improve relatively quietly as a unit, you know, to and, and to you know help the units behind them, the linebackers and the secondary to be able to do their jobs as well. It's going to be really interesting to see how they pre- how they replace CJ Onyechi in particular, because he was you know Onyechi was someone who who got off to a slow start I think and and really improved as the season progressed, but you know like we just talked about with the wide receivers you know other than Kamara this is still a unit that you know has plenty of its own youngsters you know pl- capable of stepping up and and having a much better year than they did in, in their sort of their trial by fire. You know, case in point, you know, I mentioned Grady Kelly on a, on a recent podcast from Red Shirt Sophomore Defensive Tackle. You know, He and, and Cam Barito combined last year for 23 hurries. And, and that may not seem like much, given that I think they only had like two and a half combined TFLs. But I think the potential is there to turn a few more of those pressures into TFLs or into the occasional sack and things like that. And I think yeah, that that duo in particular is going to be really important for, for a defense that in general is going to have to figure out how to generate more consistent disruption. Because other than Kamara, no one else back on this year's defense had more than four TFLs last year.
0: Yeah, you got to have that pressure when they play teams. Like when we look at the quarterback situation within the conference, we're not going to talk about non-con but like utah state Crippler got a good quarterback taylor green boise doug brumfield Vegas. you have uh maybe not great but experienced andrew peasley and, and then you have like jade made it jade San Diego state uh hawaii has brandon schreger a lot of experienced quarterbacks back so they're they're going to improve and get after those guys and make sacks or get in the qb's face they're going to go not going against any newbies out there so that's going to be something also to think about, too. Like, okay, this quarterback, this team as well. They're, it may not matter if the offensive line for those teams aren't good, but if you're going up against quarter, good quarterbacks, they take the next up. Like half those guys I mentioned are set first, are probably second-year starters. Like, Peasley is, I think, the most experienced of that group. Mm-hmm. And you got good quarterbacks back there. It's going to be just another challenge to get after a guy who's that good. Not They're not just first-year starters. So that's something, too, to consider of who they're playing, a quarterback, and how they can attack them. And if they'll be successful against guys who are reasonably experienced back there are going to most likely take the next step, like with Maiden and um, Taylor Green as well specifically. Yeah, I mean,
1: I I would say the good news is that they, they appear to be pretty deep so I, I, I would have to think that, you know, knock on wood, they could survive if the injury bug does hit them. Because, like, we didn't even mention, you know, guys like James Mitchell, um, you know, Mukendi uh, M- Wachalangi, uh, uh, you know, other guys like that. Or even, you know, guys who've come into the program more recently, like, you know, Kennedy McDowell, um, whose friends, I would assume, call him Mayhem McDowell. One, oh. of the, one of the great new nicknames in the Mountain West. I just wanted to throw that out there.
0: Heck yeah! Anytime you get mayhem, it's the Allstate guy, but it's better because there's a reason that works. There you well. go. Mayhem. That's get him on a nil deal next to a Thirty Rock Mayhem guy because people know who's Mayhem. There you go. But I know him as the Pager King on Thirty Rock.
1: Yeah, and then and they also brought in Matt Thomas from Rhode Island to do the transfer portal, so I don't think that depth will be a problem, but you know they are definitely going to need others beyond Kamara to produce because you know even with. His big numbers last year, they were still only 79th in team sack rate among FBS defenses, only 5.8%, 95th with a 15.3% stuff rate. So just getting into the backfield, they were they were below average And so, like if they can't replace Onyechi and they can't help, they can't get Kamara some help, those numbers could trend in the wrong direction if they're not careful.
0: Definitely. Now let's move on to linebackers, where they do run a unique four-two-five situation. i only put two linebackers out there, and they both bring in or they're non-starters, like Chase Wilson. According to certain depth charts, you get Chase Wilson and Drew Colick back there, but that's mm-hmm. going to be another area. Like their front, like defense line, to be good. Obviously, we put them slightly above average, but if you bring in two linebackers, I know it's only it's okay. It's only two starters, or whatever. Two guys out of out of eleven. But if that's all you got there, I guess the only good thing, Matt, would be that you're not running three or four linebackers on the field at once. I know technically they're, uh, whatever you want to call their third, or I guess their fifth cornerback or fifth DB or third CB. They're kind of a hybrid. Nickelback, I guess that's their, each team has a little different name for it. That guy's kind of a linebacker, but not having to run out three to four traditional linebackers when you're not returning returning any starters, I guess that's a good thing. But maybe one thing that's always helpful, we notice like, oh, the, this guy at the front, nose tackle, defensive end doesn't get gets always doubled or they make big plays. Well, this could clearly open up other things for the linebackers if guys on the defensive line are making big plays. Like, well, we'll double him or clip him, but it'll, it could lead for like a straight shot. But they have a couple of players that uh, like you like mentioned brought in, but they need they uh, lost production is gonna be concerned last year with that position. Like linebackers are your guys that make a of tackles, right? Can yeah, these, I mean, can these couple between,
1: guys between Dequan Jackson and Cameron Carter, they've got a, a, you know two pairs of big shoes to fill.
0: Yeah, they're huge. Like it's what, 170 tackles. I don't know how much you got, 570 each. They have quite a few. I'm just guessing, but those two guys were the main guys on the defense last year, and now they're replacing with guys who have much less experience. Yeah, I mean, the,
1: yeah, multi-year starters. But I, I do think it is worth remembering though that Kula did make a start in September. Okay. I believe it was against middle Tennessee and, and, and Wilson for his part, like he didn't get a ton of playing time last year. I believe he only played like, you know, something like 200 snaps or something or something somewhere thereabouts. And while he did have, you know, a, a 25% missed tackle rate in that time, definitely going to have to clean that up. He did have two and a half sacks in the season finale against New Mexico.
0: That's good. That's something I don't care if it's a little, but there's not two sacks is two sacks.
1: Yeah. So I, and so there's always the possibility that they could dip back into the portal one more time to bring in some reinforcements, but it could also be like, you know, they're going to go out and, and and Norvell and and defensive coordinator Freddie Banks are going to say, these are our guys. We're going to run with them. We're going to let them learn on the job and we're going to, and we're going to surround them with talent that, you know, keeps them from having to do every last thing on the field.
0: Yeah, that's it. If we're looking at defense, this is the biggest area where the biggest question marks with lack of returning talent, lack of starters, lack of production coming back, all new guys. So that'll be the most area, the best—not uh, best, but the uh, most watched area—to see who could step up. Yeah. All right. So, so we mentioned they run the four-two-five. So they play five defensive backs, which some of those guys are at the nickel back, two Cbs, two safeties. Obviously, they're, they're bigger safeties because the type of defense they run. They have like if you TCU, San Diego State. Kind of like almost like a three-three-five, but a little bit different here, which is another twist on it, which is good, I think. Something, just something to keep other teams guessing a little. So, they're, these guys are going to be asked to come in, probably help with maybe a random blitz here and there, run stop some, but they do return what four or five guys, no upperclassmen, even like I guess technically they do return all five because Brandon Guzman's back, but he's not listed as the number mm-hmm. one CB. So that's actually, I would put that as a positive because he started last year. He's going to, well, air quotes, not air quotes, but projected to be number two. But that's a good thing to have all these starters back, all this experience back in a league where, I know they don't play San Jose State, so you take them out, but Washington State, we know, likes to throw the ball. Middle Tennessee State will throw it a bit. They play Boise, who has probably the best receiving group in the same uh, neighborhood as CSU. So they play some good quarterbacks. you got Utah State and Cooper Lega. So that area being the most experienced would, could be, Like defense set up to be quite well, like to be to be pretty good with who they have returning, and just bringing back what eight nine starters, and that's their deepest position group of the whole team. I think offense and defense.
1: There's a chance that this could be the best secondary in the Mountain West when all is said and done. Oh boy, big words. Well, and and you mentioned the fact that it's you know the, the you know not only that they are bringing back like a ton of, of experience from last year's unit, but you know I, you have to really take a closer look. So like yeah, I mentioned at the onset that they found ways to improve that weren't always like you know glaringly obvious and I do think their pat- their, their ability to defend against the past was one of those things. So like if you look at the season long numbers, You're you're not really going to find a lot to write home about. Like you know, they were you know tenth in the Mountain West in opponents completion rate allowed sixty one point seven, you know six point five yards per attempt. Um, Although coincidentally that was like a tie for second with three with three other Mountain West teams. You know, fifteen touchdowns allowed, eight eight interceptions. But if you narrow the focus and you and you set that disastrous non conference stretch aside. When you look at what they accomplished against Mountain West opponents, things all of a sudden look a lot more interesting because they finished fourth in opponent's completion rate. You know, that figure drops to 56.1%. They were second in yards per attempt allowed, 5.8, 7 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, passer rating of coincidentally 111.11. <laughs>
0: I see that here. Yes. That was
1: that was third in the conference. Mm-hmm. And you know they did all that while finishing you know behind only Fresno State in total passes defended during conference play. So yeah, like this this team like you know, obviously you know Jack Howell is sort of the I, I would say the one obvious all conference candidate, but there are no weak links in in this potential starting five. You know, Chigose and Usium, who was, I believe, the only one in the group to start every game last year, he had nine pass breakups. He was one of seven Mountain West defensive backs that had a PFF grade of at least 80 overall. And it may not necessarily be a coincidence that, you know, the team's fortunes and pass defense improved once they elevated Guzman into the starting lineup. And, and at the same time, you know, a week or two later, when they elevated Aiden Hector, be their nickelback. You know, he had a great season, three interceptions, seven pass breakups. And oh, by the way, yeah, we haven't even mentioned Henry Blackburn yet either. Mm, yeah, um, and and the the number of transfers that they brought in. Yeah, you know, they brought in Tyrell Grayson, who was an all-whack uh, defensive back, Utah Tech. You know, Dominic Morris from Furman, Ron Harvey the third from Oregon State so not only is this defense you know that's defensive backfield experienced it's also very deep
0: yeah they like and i do, and i do
1: think like even if other parts of the roster scuffle here and there that this could be a unit that keeps them in a lot of games by you know by being sort of that that a that a unit i guess you might say
0: no, it could be good. Like one thing you mentioned, like how you said later on, like throughout the year got better. I'm like they have like the anonymous coach thing, in mm-hmm. Athlon. That's one of their big things. It's they mentioned who is an opposing West assistant. They're still having transition phase. Obviously, we know that, and we'll be and they'll be and we'll be really young, but it's it's really but they're super smart staff, which we were familiar with. But the main thing is lucky to you'd rather play them earlier than later because by the end of the year they'll be really good and they already showed that last year. So imagine now. It still might be the case a little bit with some positions, but that secondary, we I'm looking at their same stats. You are this for in-conference play improved drastically. I know they played Michigan. It's kind of a weird loss, but I think the improvements there overall to where they could be still good early on, but by the time of the year, like we mentioned, offensive line running back to big area, linebacker, but they got the experience here in, D- in DB. So it's those coaches are wrong. What we see last year and what could see this year. I think it might be, Maybe midseason, they pick it up before end of the season, maybe.
1: Yeah, like I didn't mention this before, but in the updated SP Plus rankings that Bill Connolly over at ESPN put out a couple weeks ago now at this point, it's worth mentioning that the Rams projected to be 77th in the country on defense. That's not that far down from where they had projected the likes of, let's say, for example, Wyoming which was a 62 or San Diego state, which is a 56. So the potential is there. And I think that banks has already paid dividends as a coordinator hire. So I'm very interested to see what he can do with a full year under his belt with some new pieces that he's going to have to you know, coach up into, into much more prominent roles. All
0: right. What do we got about special teams then?
1: So, uh, you know, obviously there was going to be some kind of drop-off from the likes of Caden Camper and especially Ryan Stonehouse. And and some is. of the numbers weren't, most of the numbers weren't great, but I don't think that the situation is as dire as it seems at first glance. Like, for example, you know, Patty Turner, you know, had a huge drop-off in just like in, in, in yards per punt. I believe he was actually dead last in the conference last year, 39.1. But at the same time, Colorado State's net, Hunting average was better than half the conference. I believe it was sixth overall in in among Mountain West teams and 85th in the country. So it wasn't terrible. You know, I think that the bigger mystery right now is that they're also going to have to replace Michael Boyle. And, and the current roster has three kickers. and They brought in a you know, transfer from Central Central Washington, Ashton Wolf, But I have to think that after handling kickoffs last year, Henry Cattleman is likely. To be the guy that settles in and wins that job, especially since he also had prior experience, albeit briefly, as the kicker at Oregon a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Like also, I want uh I find Tory Horton to touch the ball more, so can he? He's going to be their punt returner. So like came hey, in Justice Ross and Simmons. Like the return game, there's potential there for explosive plays too. There so, you go. I like those two guys to do something special. I don't think that either of them make like all conference preseason from the random publications out there yet. Uh, I know, I don't I have that in front of me. So, I might here. Give me a quick second here. Yeah. Tory Horton, first team authon punt return. And, and uh, that's it for the two. So special teams should be above average. I, I don't even, I, I have a rankings here, but my internet's going a little slow. So I'm not going to pull it up and see exactly where they're at, but uh, it's going to be pretty good. All right. It is schedule time at that game by it. game. Right. And I have a question for, everybody. I know I, I, always, I already know the answer, but you always ask the question. Do you know the answer too? Typically for the most part, mm-hmm. your answers uh barring a, again, Donald Hammond situation for those who recall. Are you set in stone barring any major circumstances? Remember June 7th. Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm guessing a barring record change would be no Clay Millen. For some reason Jane Norville's not the coach anymore. Tori Horton breaks uh, does something. Sorry, I was gonna name something specific, but no longer around. I think that was a consider a a Hammond situation. So yeah, I, I, I think
1: about this very deeply. So I, I'm committed to my predictions when I when I when I make them.
0: Gotcha. So what do you got first? They, they put Washington State, the the Cougars so, up in the Pacific Northwest, coming to town on CBS Sports Network for I believe a five PM local kickoff.
1: Yeah, so obviously the 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 Rams are going to be highly motivated to you know flip the script from last year's contest where the Cougars you know basically ran them out of you know, Pullman very handily. But, you know, after and, and the last time we saw them, of course, they were getting blown out in the, in the L.A. Bowl by President of State. Yeah. But that wasn't really indicative of the kind of team they were last year. Like in that game in particular the bowl game, they had had a lot of departures from like the transfer portal and opt outs and things like that. It was a team that was pretty solid. Like it, it wasn't like a championship caliber roster. But it was it was a roster that had you know plenty of of, of dangerous individual performances. Like they were one and four against ranked teams, for example, six and two versus everybody else. And they do return you know a a, a good deal of last year's impact of talents. Of course, you know Cam Ward, the quarterback that they brought in from incarnate Ward the year before, he's back on one side of the ball. I believe Nikia Watson is also back. Uh, at running back, but most of the the strength of this team, you know, perhaps, uh, counter to what you might believe is the fact that they're also bringing even more talent back on defense, which, you know, for a unit that already finished in the top 50 last year by points per drive allowed, you know, the fact that they're, they get to bring back Brennan Jackson and Chow Smith Wade and other guys like that, Ron Stone Jr., um, it's a defense that could be pretty stolid. And You know, Jaden Hicks. I forgot to mention him as well. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, um, they also happen to poach three different Mountain West receivers forward to throw to on offense. You know, Josh Kelly from Fresno State for Wazoo, Isaiah Hamilton is in Wazoo, and um, Kyle Williams, former uh, freshman of the year at UNLV. UNLV, yeah. So we'll be able to get to see some familiar faces. I don't know that Washington State's necessarily going to be a world meter this year. I don't think they're going to be a top 25 team. No, but I do think that they still have a talent advantage you know, b- between these two teams. And I do think that they'll walk away with a win at canvas in this one.
0: Yeah. It's a home opener. So there'll be crowd will be popping. It'll be one. Everybody there. Like Quasio has talent. I know they're not, not, they're still kind of doing the area thing, but maybe not quite as um, detailed as they have, as they have done in the past. And just they don't remember. We haven't mentioned. Did you mention Cam Ward yet? Their QB? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. I must have spammed. Like, wait, did we mention that? But he's, he's legit good. And he'll test a secondary, but guess what? Secondary is experienced. I just, I i do agree through the talent discrepancy overall. And it's still Norville still reasonably new. You have a new offensive line going up against his team running back. We're not sure. So it's like, there's a lot of question marks to keep pace. If this, because that's the problem. They'll still score points defense is pretty good still but i don't if i don't think if it's a, a i think if washington state gets a 30 points they'll win the game quite easily it won't because, be it won't be
1: 38 to 7
0: again i can tell you that no it might be 38 21 35 19 but i i just don't think they can keep pace with this team and washington <laughs> team doesn't need to score 40 but they need to get at about 30 i feel if they get 28 points they're winning so i, I feel pretty comfortable that washington state's going to win by probably double digits Yeah. All right. What do we got for Colorado?
1: Primetime.
0: Excuse me. You know
1: what, though? Uh, Full disclosure. I said that specifically to elicit that reaction.
0: I know. Because we already mentioned, we'll mention again his F650 truck, which is ridiculous and stupid. He lobbied himself to be on the cover of Madden, which why madden when he's a college coach right like what What is it it's all about him if you ever listen to splits on duo it's all about dion which isn't shocking yeah. to anybody it's him building up a program which he did great at jackson state but now a lot of players are leaving and in that hopefully that kind of keep pace on some level that because they got pretty good under him it's about him i'm gonna wear a tank top on the sideline i'm not wearing no overcoat or jacket you can find me wherever you want it's a lot of flash, but a substance. I don't know if it's there yet. Well,
1: I mean, I guess it depends because on the definition were... of substance because they have brought in a legion of transfers. Mm.
0: So, with that, I get like, if it was a cause media. He comes in, get out of here. You guys suck. Like, coach, we know we weren't very good last year. There's a reason for it. But the, sheer numbers i don't i know david i've been to athletic kept track and i don't have that in front of me maybe i should have but because i don't want to spend too much time on this game like like overdo it i should say six they have like t- literally 20 scholarship players maybe back from last year yes people say mm-hmm. oh it was a terrible team i won two games and then they bring in guys who i know travis hunter was number one recruit in the country two years ago at, at safety it's, and he's really specifically only doing wide receiver group i'm like No, it's not. He's he's listed
1: as both on the roster. Well, I know, but I mean,
0: I get it, but you can do that when you play against Utah, against uh, USC. You know, do that against, you're playing, I was going to say Keller Stanford, but that's laughable. Arizona State, Oregon State, you're going to have him play, do all that. Then bring in Shadir Sanders, who looks pretty good, but the talent level, the difference between not just FCS, but HBCU is a step for most teams, not as high level as. FCS teams typical because just there's a whole segregation yeah, it's, it's 50 years ago and stuff. But the talent think of it... I'm saying who they're playing. They're not playing even teams like Weber State who beat the crap out of uh Utah State or Sacramento State. They're not even playing teams like St. Lucy State who won five games the past year. They're they were not oh, I know. playing they got a on brutal the level. schedule Colorado.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I know, but I just the talent it's like we mentioned these juco guys are they are these juco guys could come in and be number one right away and be amazing usually not no but but you
1: know the, the the counter argument would be that they they literally could not be any worse than they were last year they were 124th in sp plus and then also mm-hmm. dead last in net available yards percentage and net points per drive so we talked about that at the onset and how how the rams were subpar in both those categories yeah, Colorado was in a, was in an abyss by themselves. So, you know, you mentioned Hunter, you mentioned Sanders, but, you know, it's a numbers game because it's not just Sanders and Hunter, it's Jimmy Horn sure. Jr., who had almost 1,000 yards at USF last year. It's Alton McCaskill, who, you know, missed last year with an injury at Houston, but was a 1,000-yard runner the year before that. You know, it's Leonard Payne, who they poached from Fresno State, you know, didn't shore up the defensive line. And, like, you know, 20, 30, however many other guys that they brought in. So yeah, it's a ton of turnover.
0: But some of those guys are going to hit. This isn't USC bringing in Caleb Williams and like Jordan Addison, which we all know. I just think yes, they were. But it's terrible. not just they that were... too. Like they also
1: brought in, you know Sean Lewis is the new offensive coordinator. I was going get that. He They're, did it.
0: Kent their coaching State. staff is amazing. They're co- like bringing is that's what one thing Dion need like the coaches he brings in. Didn't he bring in a former Vi- – is it Mike Tice around too? Isn't he part of the staff as well, former Vikings head coach? I
1: don't recall. I'll
0: need to look and see, but he, I know Sean Lowe's coming in. I know the staff they brought in is extremely helpful. It's going to go a long ways to help support Deion Sanders, who's only head co- coaching, obviously, at FB, HBCU, Jackson State. And that's a big – even though it's Colorado, it's still a big jump. You're in the Pac-12. It's a totally different type of sport you're playing just about. But well, I'm just thinking, like, yes, that bad. But when they bring in all these, like, their best receiver, MLS, left after his spring game. And he wasn't just some nobody. He was an amazing player last year catching the ball, and he's, I'm out of here. Here's my tape for spring game. Peace out. I'm leaving. This, I just don't think – this it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a long, long game, not long-term thing. It's not going to be – they're probably going to win three games. Like, that five-and-a-half number I think I've seen, four-and-a-half, whatever it is for win total, give me three or under. That's what they're winning. Like they brought in, yeah, they have Gary Harrell, a good coach. They have uh, yeah, Sean Lewis. I thought they brought in Mike Tyson. Maybe that's somebody else. I'm trying to see here really quick. Maybe I'm wrong. But I know bringing in Sean Lewis, who left the Mac to come there, it's just uh, it a lot when he left the head coaching job to be an OC. Tim Brewster, that, like he's in, the former Minnesota head coach. They have guys there who are good to help him around. I just – you're, when you're turning over 60-plus players, and a lot of them come in now, like when the second transfer portal – I don't see a week two game where they're playing the national runners up the week prior their biggest rival ever. The week after they're not winning this game. I'm picking the Rams for the upset. Is it an upset? I don't know. Would you consider it? It's an upset? funny. We haven't even, we haven't even
1: mentioned the words Rocky mountain showdown yet. Mm-hmm.
0: True. That's one of the biggest rivals out West. It's the only P5 G5 rivalry that happens every season.
1: I mean, I do think it's ultimately like a high risk, high reward m- maneuver to turn the <laughs> roster over as much as he has. I do think that the Buffs will be able to hold serve at home though. So I have called Air Force beat them one.
0: like by five touchdowns last year. No,
1: that was like that was like two or three years ago, and that team. Sucked. I don't, this team is. I mean, this, this team is gonna is gonna have some trials in the Pac-12. But I think it just has too much talent for them not to be able to edge CSU.
0: I don't think they have the talent this year. That's the thing. I don't think they do.
1: Well, I guess I guess we'll find out.
0: First, Hold on, I'm trying to of find it?
1: You love to see it.
0: I just the hype's like Dan Patrick, and a few people like, "Hey, slow down the hype." Not there. I'm not falling for it. They're going to win like three games, and this is not going to be one of them. All right. Do we have do we have a betting line for this game yet? I see Washington State CSU is minus sixteen at home, that I or plus know. sixteen. Sorry, I, I'm just I don't see it. Partly because turnover, clearly huge, but the games around they're playing TCU. See, it, I know it's a rivalry game, but I guarantee. You, think of this: you bring in sixty transfers. Do you think Deion Sanders cares about Colorado State? Heck no. He's like, I want to p- beat Utah. I want to beat Nebraska. I want to beat TCU. Like, they don't care about this game, especially him. It's not like a longtime coach who's been there. Not that any coach of recent memory has been there for many years or Trees just has a big r- rivalry game. I guarantee Norvell's so, going so like you this. Think, kind
1: you is. think Colorado's hit the trap game then?
0: Totally, easily. TCU says okay, Debra- Nebraska. I, I I got reasons. I'm just thinking they're going to win. Uh, that's my gut feeling. That's I'm going early for the upset here, maybe upset. All right, next game, right. Middle at Middle at Middle Tennessee State. The loss last year, at home to the uh, Conference USA foe. All right, I gotta, I gotta relax. Here. All right, Middle Tennessee, State, Week Three, Game Number Three year. We got nine more games. I can't keep doing this for every game <laughs> what, is, what do you think? About, what, what What's up with Middle Tennessee State? What's your first thoughts on that? Because they usually the Blue Raiders have a reasonably good offense. Put up 34 points last year. And they're usually kind of in contention for their conference for most years. Bowl game, reasonable amount. Yeah,
1: time. I mean, you look back at their 2022, and they were mostly fine. Like they they got blown First up real good by James Madison in week one, but then mostly mm-hmm. settled in after that. Like they were they were in the 80s nationally in SB plus in net points per drive and available yards percentage. So. While they do have to replace their multi, you know, multi-year starter at quarterback Chase Cunningham, they also have to replace the top three pass catchers around their running back Frank Peasant, who's back after having you know, almost 800 yards and nine touchdowns last year. I think the difference in this game is going to be that you know, the Blue Raiders have plenty of defensive talent of their own. You know, Teldrick Ross was number two in the country last year with 22 total passes defended. You know, Trey Flewellen back there in the defensive backfield with him, two interceptions, eight pass breakups at safety. And then the trio of defensive linemen in Zalen Wood, Marley Cook, and Quindarius Dunnigan, who combined for 15 and a half sacks and 25 and a half TFLs. If, if the Rams haven't solved their offensive line questions, this seems like the kind of game, and I, and I think Washington State's sort of in the same boat, where we're going to learn very quickly whether that's the case or not.
0: We'll see. Do you buy but anything? I, and I, and I do
1: think of it, I do think of it as somewhat akin to last year's game against the Cougars, where I don't think it would be as lopsided, but I'm not sure if I'm buying in enough to forecast the Rams beating the Blue Raiders on the road. So I have, I have MTSU winning this one.
0: I could see that. Did you know stock still has been there for 17 years? Yeah, he's been around forever. Cause you, we both listen, Split Zone Duo and Stephen Goffrey lives like right there. Is like he has no clue mm-hmm. what's going on. Aren't they better? Which are a reasonably good team. But do you buy? Cause he has a hundred nine win records, six Power Five wins over the course of the uh, or Power Conference wins over his near two decades. Conference Coach of the Year, what three times looks like ten bowl games. They're like perpetually a, a slightly above average team in a, in the worst conference in America. But do you buy any st- – because I was going to say, it's a stupid pun, so I'm not going to go to it. But they beat the crap out of Miami last year, but as you mentioned, they don't have a new quarterback now. Does that – I'm not going to say this could carry over much of anything because they play out at Alabama, at Missouri, to open the year. Do you think there's any momentum? like, hey, we played so in our bowl game last year we Can carry over versus like a CSU team. Because that's going to be hard to do when you get your butt kicked by Alabama. Probably, probably be reasonable competitive versus Missouri, but both on the road. I think they might be beat up by the I think they the are ASU. most
1: likely to be roughly similar in quality to what they accomplished last year.
0: Even with the new quarterback? I think they'll
1: be okay. Even if they don't necessarily well, challenge for a conference title or anything.
0: Remember, Jordan Ferguson is gone too. He's not there.
1: Yeah. I mean, this, but this might also be sort of the first flash point where, like, if Colorado State is gonna challenge for a bowl game, this is the first must-win on the schedule.
0: True, sure, yeah so yeah this is a team where I'd, I'd say yeah that's it makes sense because they could be I am one of one but I have in this game going back and forth I'm going lost because it's a road game and I think coaching experience matters and recent success of Middle Tennessee State being typically winning more games than not so I'm going to go with them alright All do right. we have anything about Utah Tech I didn't do much research I on can, the, I can give news. you an FCS minute that's right that's why you should do FCS minute because this is a team that's if you're wondering, like who's Utah Tech? They used to be called Dixie State until they uh, wisely smarted up to change their name about a year ago to uh, not Dixie State to Utah Tech.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought that had to do with like the forest that was nearby, though.
0: I'll give you the quick rundown. Would you like to some live in the area? Yeah? So yeah, why not? It's 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 dumb. the The reason they wanted it changed because okay, here's no, it's not the forest. They're like oh, it's the Red Rock because you go to stuff Utah national parks. Looks red and that type of thing. These be the rebels. like care the rebel part of the state, but Dixie's because it reminded people that looked like the South, essentially, kind of, for some. Because they did well, they did cotton down there, so obviously that's mm-hmm. a connotation of what's being grown. But the reason they changed the name because okay, you're for, you go to this school. I'm going to. I'm looking for a job in Los Angeles. I'm looking for a job that's in Mississippi or a job that's in Chicago. And, like, so why is your school called Dixie State? Are you from Greensboro? You're from Mississippi I don't know. we're from Utah? It's like, it's not a good look because even though the name has literally nothing to do it with that, branding, that type of stuff, what you're it's like, that's why the hate. mostly branding and yeah, it's mostly branding where it's like in the area, it's like, yeah, we get it. But, and that didn't come to me. I never thought about that until I started hearing about it more past couple of years where it's when you go out of state, look for a job in Minnesota or Oregon or anywhere. It's anything you're not literally if you're not for Utah or maybe even Las Vegas because they're 90 minutes away, not very far. You like it doesn't you're like, okay, whatever. That's what the school we know they know it's why. But if you go on the East Coast or anywhere that's not within Idaho, New Mexico, Utah, and Vegas, nobody's like, why is it called that? And so that's the main mm-hmm. reason why. Wasn't it? There's no there's no forest map. It's a complete desert. And people living there and the university growing is not good for the Colorado River, which you and I both need desperately to survive. <laughs> Fair. So there you go. All right. What do you got up? What's your FCS? Anyway, so we know players FCS I'll
1: keep it simple. Um, it's been a rough few years in the FCS wilderness for the trailblazers. Uh, only seven and 20 since making the jump up from division and two, from division two. And good, the yeah. cold reality is that it may not get a whole lot easier in 2023. They had uh, seven all whack players last year. Five of them are gone. Uh, One of them, coincidentally, to Colorado State, Tyrell Grayson. Sure, yes, we mentioned that. So while they weren't necessarily a bad team last year, they 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 did finish four and seven, which was their best finish at the FCS level in in their sort of brief history there. But you know, they're losing their their do-it-all receiver Joy Hobert, who I believe was a Walter Payton semifinalist or something like that last year. Um, you know, he his his 1250 yards and 16 touchdowns are gone um you know, they had three different quarterbacks who combined for you know uh 28 touchdowns and 15 interceptions which isn't too bad but a 51% completion rate not great you know, and and they're replacing a ton of
0: their players on
1: long story short this is not sacramento state Colorado State should roll on this one.
0: There there we go. All right. What do we got? So now we're going into, um, I've went to league play. So here's what we're doing for league play. Since we're going to be talking about all these teams down the road. We're going to um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, short preview to listen to the full ones later down the road. So we're not going full on eight minutes of teams. We've been doing just over an hour. I think about an hour 10 right now. Yeah. So we'll give some brief, brief notes on each team, just because we will got our full blown previews and, we all, we, you and I probably need to just still research doesn't happen in a day if we take time to do all this type of stuff. So we'll, we're not going to give everything away now. Plus we, we probably both need to eh, just do a little more deep dive when we do these teams upcoming. So non coverage play, I have them two and two. You have them at one and three. Is that correct? Yes. So the way this schedule plays out, it's, I was going to briefly run through it at Utah state they get a nice three game home stretch, Boise, UNLV air force at Wyoming, city, state, Nevada, then at Hawaii. So there's no real ro- bad road stretch through the conference play, which is great. So they go to Utah State, which the past couple years, I mean, we've seen the weird, weirdness of Coach Adazio there, the fumble, the sprint run, to not get the punt off, whatever you want to call that game. These two teams have been, last year, Utah State was just weird, right? They had a first half that was terrible, second half better. I guess the big sticky point, I guess, out of Utah State is that Cooper gazda got quarterback after having all the injuries last year, he's going to be a real threat against this team. But Utah State, they lose guys like Calvin Tyler Jr. They lose some wide receivers. They lose like guys like A.J. von Chapon to uh, BYU. A million transfers. Like I want to say, I know I haven't looked at your portal in a while, Matt, but is it? Could, would I be correct or close to it, saying they lost the most teams to power five foes via the portal? They lost a lot to the Big 12.
1: They're at least in the conversation for that, yeah.
0: I, I completely
1: that, memory hold that the Aggies won this game last year while having four different players throw a pass.
0: Let me guess: Blaine Davenport, or Bishop Davenport, Cooper Lagat, Andrew Peasley, and Logan Bonner. Uh, Terrell Vaughn, Oh, oh wide receiver Terrell Vaughn. Because was yes. this the game where Peasley like dragged his foot to keep playing? Was that the game, or was that a different one?
1: That might were, have been a different uh, one.
0: I remember you know, him, but it to was. To, but it's also worth
1: remembering. This was one of the two games, I believe, that that Clay Millen did not play. You know, they had to. They to, had to for, turn to to Giles Pooler, which was third quarterback in three weeks during that stretch.
0: I forgot. That's not going to happen
1: again. I hope not. Like I have to think that Colorado State probably wins that game last year if Millen is healthy. Mm-hmm. And and given the uncertainty of of the the amount of of. Uh, that Utah State's having to replace right now. I'm betting on Colorado State winning this one on the road. So I have this one as a
0: Rams win. I like your assumption. I'm making a quick change. I'm agreeing with you. I'm like, oh, it's on the road. But I think about Utah State, what they're bringing back, what they lost. Like I know Cooper got us good, but I don't know if he's that good to overcome. It's at home. I'm leaning to a slight win over Utah State. There you go. And then Boise State... They'll continue their streak of not beating the Broncos ever in the Mountain West.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that.
0: Anything else to add to about the Boise game? Like, I'm only half kidding, but I don't think they're going to win.
1: No, I think we can move on to you to add UNLV.
0: I oh, is this at UNLV? Is that correct? I or believe I so. Yes. Uh, yeah, my mistake. I presume I put home. Um, this was a game where one of the most more tougher games to pick. How would you assess like your picking uh, some um, thoughts in this game? Was this an easy loss or win, or did you kind of struggle to figure? No, out I, had, I
1: had to bowl this one over for a while because I'm sort of I'm at the moment I'm similarly bullish on the rebels like I am on the Rams. Um, you know, I like that the I like the coaching hires that the, that they made down there in Vegas. You know, bringing in not just Barry Odom but also Michael Shearer and Brendan Marion Marion as the coordinators. You know they definitely had their own losses through the transfer portal, but they picked up some intriguing pieces, like the like the Middle Tennessee game. I think this is another must win if the Rams are going to have any hopes of winning a bowl game or of reaching bowl game rather. I do think that they'll be able to pull this one out on the road.
0: I went back and forth. I'm going loss. Because yeah, boy seen before it's just tough. I just, just want to keep here's the reason I have it. Because my overall win total, if I add this one on there, I'm way higher than I think I should be. And I'm just when I'm looking between Utah State and UNLV, I think UNLV might be better than Utah State. And Doug Brumfield might be the better quarterback than Clay Millen from what we've seen, potentially, just because he does a little bit more with running a touch. I like to go go offense. I think there'll be I think there's something there. Because remember, like Rebels were better than the Rams last year, nearly to a bowl game. And
1: it's sort of funny when you think I, about it, like the the remarkable amount of similarities that both of these teams have. At the moment, they both have questions of running back, they both have questions in the pass rush. Um you know, both have very talented secondaries. Um, so it's it's gonna be a really evenly matched game, I think, one way or the other. So like I had to think really Long and hard about this, and it really is, I think, the closest thing to a 50 50 game on, on CSU's schedule this fall,
0: yeah. And also, one big loss is Aiden Robbins from UNLV leaving to be white. Yes, that's something that's there to consider. So, I have it as a Rams loss, Air Force. I'm leaning toward, I'm going toward losses. Well, here's the main thing like one of those coaches' things from Athlon, their main thing is it's probably what everybody says is quarterback mm-hmm. because. While, they, while it runs, they basically say it really depends on how they develop or if or who they develop at quarterback. If they have a guy there, they're one of the most dangerous teams in the league, which is true with John Lee the III. I agree with that. I'm going with the loss for CSU just because I think the Rams running the ball, who they have back there, even though that defensive front for CSU is pretty good, it's at home for the Rams. But I, I just don't think the Rams can keep pace.
1: Do you realize CSU has lost six in a row? Air Force, I do now. That's a lot. Do you also realize that they've that won mean, just two times? Do you, they've won just two times against the Air Force going back to 2006?
0: Oh boy, was Garrett Grayson? I the did last not quarterback realize that. Win? What year is that? Was Garrett Grayson the quarterback? Uh,
1: 2013? Yeah, I believe it was
0: probably. And then the How other one was 2015. All these great receivers. I guess Air Force defense is pretty good. That's kind of a more lopsided than I thought it was, even more so. Go Falcons!
1: Ram Falcon Trophy on the line in this one, but
0: yeah, I have the Falcons winning that one as well. I also have Wyoming losing on the road. Sorry, I botched it. Crap. Sorry, Bronze Boot staying going to Fort Collins. I know it's at Wyoming. I just don't trust the Cowboys. I never like the quarterback situation. Peasley's there, fine. Running backs, they bring in guys who, uh, and they lose, lose some player like Titus Swin's not around anymore. They have, um, what's his name? Shoot, D. I always get it wrong. D, DQ, D, DJ? What's his name? Are you talking about D. Q. James? Oh, D. Q. James. I want to say D. J. James. I'm like, no, D. Q. James. Like, I, whatever. He's a good running back. So they have, they can run in whoever they want. They can toss whoever they want in running back. They've proven the past, what, five years at least to whoever's running the ball doing well. I just don't trust Wyoming. Like, I don't trust a quarter. Like, defense will be legit and really good. And this honestly probably might be one of the bigger upsets for me taking the Rams over Wyoming, even more so than Colorado. I just think what Rams could potentially do on defense. Because what was the score last year? It was what? A one score game? It was uh,
1: 17 to 13, if I remember correctly.
0: Uh, Oh, here you go. 14 14 to 13. Yeah, Wyoming won. It's going to be something similar. I just think the Rams probably have a touch more offense more yeah, than i mean they have, the best, they have the best quarterback and best wide right receivers on the field and best tight end so they're going to win because of that
1: i like the potential of csus offense mm-hmm. but i like the cowboys defense a little bit more so i have
0: wyoming winning that one all right they're not beating seen in good state are they
1: i don't think so <laughs> but i but best i will say I, like, I
0: think that, you know they i
1: think that's another i think that might be like must win number 3 because the goal, you know, the gap between the Aztecs and the Rams on paper is not so wide. Like both teams okay. have, like both teams have differing concerns that they're going to have to sort out in fall camp. Um, you know, for the Aztecs, you know, sorting out the running game, you know, getting the offensive line back on track, figuring out who's going to replace the star power on the defensive line, and things like that. But you know, they ha- like UNLV, you know, the Aztecs and the Rams have a few things in common. You know, again, strong defensive backfields, you know, strong potential quarterback play. So, again, like, it's not like a clear-cut result in my mind. But if, if I had to call it, like, 60-40 in favor of the Aztecs, that sounds about right to me.
0: Okay. All right. Then we got Nevada at home, home the Nor- Norville Bowl Part two. That's right. I'm going to win Ken Wilson. He'll get there. Nevada. The, I guess the big concerns we'll get to Nevada quarterback running back replacing your favorite player of all time. And Don Peterson on the defensive line. Uh, they were replacing a lot. I just don't think Nevada is good. Nevada is still a year away from even being stiff in the bowl game. At least.
1: Agreed.
0: At Hawaii. What do you got for the final game of the year on the road? Honolulu.
1: I have
0: that one penciled in as a win. I do too. I'm not sure. The road aspect's interesting. It is later in the year where I have them winning three or four, which includes this Hawaii game. I just well, – Hawaii still had a lot of new players from last year. And I just don't know if they're going to be there. We don't know who's really running the ball after losing like uh Dedrick – was it Park um, – oh, geez. Um, I was going to say Kendrick Perkins and- I was going to say Kendrick Perkins, the NBA guy. I'm like, wait, that's not him. It's the finals run. tonight. I'm like, no, not him. Sorry. Parson, apologies. They don't know who's running the ball. The defense, fine. Secondary's okay. I just, I think this will be a lot of points. It'll be an exciting game. Because I think Hawaii's still going to be in that stage to put up the points. But I got the Rams winning this one. And I'm shocked at myself, Matt. I have them at six and six. Interesting. What do you have them at?
1: So I have them a five and seven overall, four and four in Mountain West play.
0: I could see a couple of obviously toss up question marks at CSU or CU Colorado game is interesting. On the road at Utah State, I could see anywhere going from two to six wins because they could lose Colorado, they could lose Utah State, they could lose at Wyoming. Maybe Hawaii, but I think they're getting at least four wins. But I think they can get six if things go well.
1: Oh, I think they could absolutely get six. I think, and I think we mentioned this on the on the goals podcast that we did last week. They should be aiming for a bowl. And I do think that the only game that I don't necessarily feel confident about their chance about how about the the Rams having a reasonable chance of winning that game in conference play is the Boise State game. Because really yeah, as you as we sort of mentioned along the way, you know that three-game stretch in particular, where where I have them pinned as losses right now. Air Force at Wyoming, home versus San Diego State. One, two of those games are at home, so I'm gonna be underestimating that a little bit. And two, all three of those teams have their own pressing questions that they're going to need to resolve. So like no no team in the Mountain West is really infallible this year. So if if Colorado State goes out there and plays closer to their overall potential than Air Force. Like like if the Falcons struggle to replace the quarterback or aren't quite as explosive in the ground game, if Wyoming still can't solve their own quarterback issues, if San Diego State takes a step back on offense, all those games are winnable. So there's definitely a chance that it might be underselling them a little bit. I think the upside for this team, if everything breaks right, might
0: be like eight wins. Eight wins? I, I, where are you seeing that from? Are they beating Washington State at home? Are they beating Air Force? You're not okay, be so you Okay, so you meant you mentioned Colorado.
1: That's one. Yeah. Okay. I, I have Middle Tennessee as a loss, but they could beat the Blue Raiders.
0: I the three yeah.
1: teams that I mentioned Air Force, Wyoming, San Diego State, that's five right there. Okay. In addition yeah. to the five that I penciled out right now.
0: Gotcha. Okay. That that's a pretty bold prediction eight wins. I'm not saying that's a prediction. Well, I'm I mean, what it's I mean, well, well, uh, let me. Yeah, let me rephrase that. To say they didn't get to eight wins, that's some it's still a bold, well, not bold prediction, but a bold statement that their ceiling is eight wins. I can, I don't think you're too far off because if, look at my six and six. If they beat Middle Tennessee State and UNLV, that's eight right there. And so, so, you
1: know what? And w- one last thing, something that Rams fans might already be aware of. Again, we mentioned at the very top, Jane Orbell went three and nine in his first year at Nevada. You know what his record was in tw- the, the the second year, twenty eighteen? Let the people know. Eight and five.
0: Oh, eight and five. All right. Dave, okay, that's, that's so, pretty so you never
1: know. Like that's I said, funny. I remain bullish. I freely acknowledge that I might be hesitating just a touch. But if they can fix the offensive line. This team could make some, could do some serious damage in Mountain West play.
0: I'm just not sure. Like I think they could do it, but I just still, uh, my six and six seems like actual prediction. I'm hesitant to stick there. I'm going to. I just, I'm, I'm probably leaning a little bit under that. But I think there's later in the year. I think there's wins on the schedule. Like, like you said, Wyoming doesn't scare anybody, or they should. Sorry, I'm going to apologize. they overly too much. Like if the Rams offense gets going, they could beat Wyoming. Nevada, we're still building up. Hawaii, same thing. San Diego State's very difficult, even though they have their issues with running back situation, losing def- defenders like Patrick Morris to Cal, to Cal and mm-hmm. new offensive coordinator Ryan Lindley. So there's going to be some changes there a little bit. I don't think they'll win, but there's some cracks there. Air Force quarterback, quarterback if it doesn't go well? Like there's, like I said, like on their schedule. I'm I'm not necessarily agreeing with you Boise State, like the only team, they're probably not going to win. But that's pretty close. Them in Diego State are the closest teams I'd say, because they mm-hmm. miss San Jose State, which is good for them. They miss Fresno State, that's good for them. So there's that. But yeah, I'm going six and six. So what your, your prediction? Five and seven right now? Maybe eight wins. Maybe Doable. we'll see. Doable. Anything else you want to add about the ramps here? Any spicy takes? Yeah, got any pretty spicy any bowl predictions or anything else you want to add? Is Torrey Horton going to win the Bletnikov? Uh, <laughs> I don't
1: know if I'm ready to commit to that just yet, but I do think okay, it's a very good one. So, yeah,
0: on our spreadsheet where you put potential candidates' win awards, is he your guy?
1: Probably. Or the Bletnikov.
0: Well, who else is in there? Who, who what other receiver are gonna put in there? I don't know. I gotta, oh, I gotta yeah.
1: think about it. Let's let's get out of here. We can talk about that more off the air.
0: That that's fine. I'm like, there's nobody uh, out there like him. All right, so appreciate you listening. Rams fans, we're optimistic that bowl game potentially could be in your future. So check us out, mwr.com. If you're not a rams fan, appreciate listening. The order will come out via you guys on our Twitter at MWCYR when you vote. So vote as much as you can, which I think is just once on Twitter, unless you want to make front accounts and vote more. Do what you got to do. Tell your friends. Listen to the show. We'll have other stuff online, mwr.com. Look at other opponent previews. Uh, some predictions as well coming online during June before KFC going in July. So we'll see you next time. And just keep hitting that subscribe button. We'll have all the previews, one down, 11 to go.